Eagles Entertainment. You're listening to the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. Now here's your host, Brand Duffy. That's right of the day, and the Eagles are 6-0 as the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast continues. I'm Fran Duffy, and as always, I think we've got a great show for you here on episode number 416. At the top of today's show, we've got Chalk Talk, where I chat with Greg Cosell to share our thoughts on the lone undefeated team still in the NFL. That's your Philadelphia Eagles, who now sit at 6-0 after Sunday night's win over those Dallas Cowboys. We've got a lot of ground to cover. This is a team going into the bye week, so I want to get Greg's thoughts on the state of this franchise at the break and where we could see some changes in the final 11 games games of 2022 and just what the identity is on both sides of the football. We will cover that and a lot more in the, at the top of today's show. Before we get there, a couple quick things I want to make sure we hit on. Number one, head on over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating, leave us a review. If you've got a question, we will answer it here in an upcoming episode. Also, be sure to check out all of our X's Nose content. You can go check out the All 22 review. Should be up right around by the time this podcast drops. So you can go check out all the plays that Greg and I are breaking down. I'm breaking down a lot of them over on the All-22 review. So appreciate everybody uh, that has uh, gone on and checked out that video series. You can check it on all of the Eagles digital channels. That said, let's get to my discussion with Greg. It's time now for Chalk Talk. Let's get down to business. It's time for Chalk Talk. All right, excited to kick this discussion off with Chalk Talk as I welcome in my friend Greg Cosell to talk through the Eagles' big Week 6 win over the Dallas Cowboys. Greg, uh, impressive showing on both sides of the football against a good Dallas Cowboys team that we broke down last week. Uh, Eagles going to the bye, 6-0. and You know, it's funny. I'm sure there'll be a lot to nitpick, and that's what coaches do. Maybe we'll do a little of it ourselves. But the Eagles just have the look of a really solid football team. They don't beat themselves. I think they're getting better in a number of areas, and they just have the look of a good football team. Now, I you know, I don't think anybody believes they'll go 17-0, and but this is, a, this is a pretty good football team. What stands out to me about it is, you know, when you look at the, the identity of the team right now, and we'll talk about that on both sides of the ball, but I think if you look at what the, the core <coughs> values are for Nick Sirianni, it's something he talked about in one of his first press conferences when he first got hired, was, you know, we want to be uh, high up in explosive plays on offense and low on defense. We want to make sure we take care of the football, turnover margin. We want to be a physical team. We want to run the football. Uh, they want to be efficient, like, they're, check all those boxes. That's yeah. that's what this team is. And uh, they've got the ability to win in multiple ways, uh, throwing the football to multiple targets in different ways, downfield, short games, uh, screen game, empty sets, or whatever it is you want to do. This team has the ability to do it, and and that's a good thing because, to me, at the end of the day, if you go into a game and, hey, you know what, our drop-back pass game just isn't working today, or they've got a great pass rush, we're not going to be able to get going, hey, you know what, it's good to be able to lean on that run game, and vice versa, hey, they've got a great front, we're struggling to run the ball, but we like our matchups on the outside, well, that's pretty good when you've got A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, you've got that ability to go win those matchups. You know, and it's funny you say that because I've talked about this with various things I've done through the years, and I learned this from Bill Walsh, and I've never forgotten him telling me this. I can almost picture him telling me now as we're talking. He said you have to have a run game and a pass game that can operate independently of one another. Hmm. And I think for, you know, again, nothing's 100%. Can you be a really good offense if you're just really a good passing offense? Sure you can. But I think in an ideal world, 
particularly when you get to the to the, the important games, the playoff games, and every team's goal is to win a Super Bowl, you're going to come up against better defenses, and you have to be able to either to either run or pass whatever that game demands you to do. Yep. So if one is totally dependent on the other, then you can get stuck. And I think the Eagles have shown that they can do both. Yeah, and that's what makes it so exciting uh, watching this team roll. And so over the last couple of weeks, what's been fun too is you know all the discussion, and rightfully so, about the pass game, the improvements right. of Jalen Hurts, the addition of new weapons, you get, throw in A.J. Brown. Um, but also the last two weeks, what have we seen when this team needed to go and win a football game or extend a lead and ice a football game uh, here against Dallas? Fourth quarter, you had a 13-play drive that went 75 yards this week. You had the 17-play drive down in the desert uh, against Arizona to go win the game. Uh, it's just uh, it's good to say, like, you know what? That run game from last year, that, that, that came with the Eagles here for 2022. No, and it's funny you say that because it was the first three weeks that they threw the ball exceptionally well. We asked on the podcast, we're like, is this a passing team? Right, right. Yeah. Based, on the, the, based off those three weeks. And based on weeks two and three where Jalen Hurts had more than 20 dropbacks in the first half, weeks two and three. Yeah. And we started thinking, okay, have they evolved? to be a passing team and then all of a sudden you get to Jacksonville and they do fall behind but the weather was such that it was not a great day to throw the football and they just had they ended up pounding the ball and they rushed for I think 210 yards something along those lines um and that was the game where uh, uh, Sanders Miles Sanders had his best game as an eagle or most most volume game anyway um and and then as you said the last two weeks run to win in the fourth quarter you're ahead you want to run to win, and they did that in a, in a lot of ways against good too. defenses. Against by good, the way, against good defenses, yeah. um, but also you know it, the, the multiplicity of the run game that we right. loved a year ago shows up once again in right. that final drive. We saw uh, the the counter read play yep. with Jalen Hurts reading the backside defensive end with counter blocking uh, up ahead, and Miles Sanders he's been running so well, especially these last couple of weeks. I, I look at, at this game against the Cowboys on Sunday night. One of the best performances of Miles Sanders' career. I thought he was really decisive in this game. Uh, I thought he ran with good forward lean. He picked up the yards that were available to him and more. He made the first man miss on multiple occasions. I thought he did a really nice job overall in this game. It's funny you say that because I I made a note that I think Sanders is, and and I hope people can understand this. When you're to become a really good back, there's a desirable combination of patience and decisiveness. And they show up in different ways. And they show up in different ways. So. Because in the NFL, you can't just get the ball and run. Now, hey, every once in a while, I'll hold your shows and you can run through it. That's rare. So what you have to do is, is, is you have to be patient in allowing blocks to develop. You also have to be patient with your path because very often you're responsible for moving second level defenders with your path. Yep. And I thought, for instance, on the 35 yard run he had against Jacksonville a few weeks ago, he did a really good job with that because the play side stacked linebacker was Foyer Lewican. Yep. There was not a blocker for him yeah. on the play side, and he had to move him. And he did. He showed patience. I thought the 13-yard run this week that started the 13-play 75-yard touchdown drive. First play of the drive, yeah. Even though it was really well blocked, I thought he did a really good job of waiting to see how the stack backer would react to Maialata's wraparound block. Yep. And once he saw how that would happen, he then accelerated. You know, the other play that showed up was the the touchdown run. Uh, down, it was a, what was a five-yard run uh, down on the goal line. Yes, and it this, was, this past week. Yeah, just Sunday, this past yeah. week. 
uh, Leighton Van Der Esch was there in the B gap, right. and uh, Miles, all right, I, I got to carry this inside. I don't like that you, you have a lot of color uh, there in that B gap. He cuts this inside. He brings Van Der Esch back in, and then you get the jump cut. He stayed back right out on the, the back of whichever I can't remember who the the, the uh, I believe it was Landon. Was it Landon? It was a, it was just but he sort of stayed run. right on the back of him until Van Der Esch moved inside, and then he jump cut back right. in, and he, and he fell <coughs> no, forward. And that was the thing. The forward lean showed up there as well. Right, and that's the sign of a, a, a more mature, more nuanced, more more subtle runner. Yeah. And that's important to, if you're going to be a feature back because, as you and I both know, you don't get 40-yard runs. That's not the sign of a great back. Right. They, they happen once in a while, just like the 35-yarder against Jacksonville. But for the most part, you look at these runs that Sanders has had in, in, in winning time, Six-yard runs, seven-yard runs, eight-yard runs. Those are the winning runs. Yeah, and this is a team that, uh, you know, when you ask about like, what is their identity, uh, it was a question that Dave Spadaro was posed uh, on the kickoff show before going into to Sunday's game. And he was asked, uh, you know, what, what is the identity of this offense? And he said, in a word, this coaching staff wants the offense to be physical. And I think that shows up in a number of ways. And right. obviously the, ru the run game is at the forefront there. And I think that when you add in guys like uh, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, those guys bring a physical nature. But I do feel like Miles is running – with a little bit more physicality this year so than we've seen in years past. He's been much more uh, willing to say, like, I, you know what, I'm going to get down. This is a downhill run, and I'm going to stay downhill. Right. Uh, and I, I, that's been really, really good to and see. And the other thing that's been interesting to me is Kenneth Gainwell's been used in these situations. Yeah. To, and he runs hard inside. That third and four run for five was a great example of a, that. That's just what you want. You're yeah. not looking, hey— if, if, if everything is wonderful and it could break for 20, that's great. But yep. on third and four, when you give him the ball there, you're looking for five or six. Yeah. And even the week before, he had two or three runs on that long drive against Arizona. They're using him as an inside runner in run-to-win situations. Yeah. And you know what I like, too, with Kenny Gainwell is that uh, we're seeing him in, in – he's their – essentially, he's their two-minute back, right? When they go right. into hurry-up situations, right. he's right. going to be in there. And it's not just because of the pass-catching prowess, but also because of his abilities in pass protection. And he, this was a guy that in college was not asked to do much no, of that. No. And so you're kind of relying on uh, projection there, right? And I remember talking with Jamal Singleton about that a few weeks back and he said yeah like I, when I watched Kenny Gainwell like that wasn't something that he was asked to do no but when you talk to him and you get a sense of, of his mindset say all right well we can teach this guy to do it and there was a uh, a blitz pickup he made that was important in this game but then also uh it was on the again on that final drive uh third down Jalen Hurts drops back I believe it was third and five and he he ended up scrambling upfield my, or, uh, Kenny Gainwell delivered a really pivotal chip block on, on Michael Parsons off the edge. Right. That if he does not make that chip, that's probably a sack. Right. And my, his, his eyes initially were inside. They had an A-gap pressure. It was third down, and they fell. the, the A-gap blitzer fell out. So Kenny got, gets, all right, my eyes are inside. Well, now i got to get my eyes outside. He just delivered just enough on Parsons to help free Jalen Hurts. And for those who remember, let's say, a Hurts sack, there was a sack where some might think it was Gainwell's fault. Not. It was not Gainwell's fault. Yep. Yeah, it was one of those. Uh, <coughs> uh, was a, Gainwell actually pressure. got his yep. eyes exactly where, where they should have gone, which I believe was J. Ron Curse. Yes. Uh, so I, I think when you see Gainwell's growth, I think that's important. Boston Scott, healthy for this game. So he contributed uh, as well in the back end. The QB sneak continues to be. A, yeah. a, a huge weapon for this offense as well. Um, so I, to, to me, when you look at this run game, we could talk about all the different schemes they run and all that. But I, to me, like that was a, a, a big takeaway for me walking away from this game is that Miles Sanders, uh, the way that he ran uh, was really, really impressive. But uh, with that said, again, kind of getting into uh, all the layers of this offense, the, the RPO game, uh, just so, so pivotal. And it led to a couple touchdowns here for Jalen Hurts in this game, uh, one to A.J. Brown and then one to Devontae Smith. 
Yeah, the RPO game I always find fascinating because I think because I don't, and I'm being honest with you, I don't know with every call whether we don't it's RPO know. or no not. Doubt. Yep. But I think the zone read element really is a critical piece. I mean, Eagles do an excellent job with all these actions and motions with the zone read element in the backfield that it, it causes the defense problems. Yeah. So, you know, for instance, that Brown 11-yard touchdown, okay, that was one of my favorite plays. And I'm going to tell you what I wrote, and you tell me if you saw it the same way. Sure. Because I was thinking about it knowing I was, you know, we were going to be doing this. So I thought that it was a well-designed concept with zone read action holding Parsons, whose responsibility was the quarterback, and Brown working. Um, Brown worked behind and across the formation. He sh he motioned and shifted. Okay, Lewis had Brown man to man, and I think when Brown stopped and make it a shift instead of a motion, I thought Lewis's reaction told me that he's thinking, okay, I've got bunch now to that side, yep. and I'm going to play bunch. Yeah. And therefore, when Brown worked back across the formation, Lewis was late because. Last night, they made a big deal on that play during the game, which you don't see because you're working, about how they got Parsons. Well, Brown's not Parsons' responsibility. Right, yep. I mean, you know, in fact, Parsons did what he was supposed to do on the play. Sure. But I did you see that? I thought that they started to play it as if it was bunched to that side. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is that, and even once you get past that point of it, right. it's... Is this an RPO? Is this zone read? Is Jalen right, have it? Is right, this going to the back? Right. Is this going to be an RPO? No. Where Where is this going? Right. And, and, and everything looks so similar. Correct. Uh, I and you have putting, to figure that out in about half a second. Yeah, right. right. And that's the thing is yeah. that you have different players running all these plays. The Eagles only, they, they have a very small playbook from a conceptual standpoint. They don't run uh, a lot of different plays. Even in, in this game, I mean, they, they, that, that uh, counter read play that we talked about, they ran it. Five or six times uh, in this game. That, the RPO that and, we're talking and that, about. You just made a point that will be very interesting as the season progresses. Yeah. They now have a bye week. The coaching staff knows just what you said. Yep. That at some point, defenses will pick up on certain keys or indicators that you and I don't know. Yeah. Okay? And then when the defense picks up on those things, what's the next move? Right. And, and the Eagle coaching staff, every coaching staff knows what how things can be taken away yep. from what you're doing. And obviously, if they're not being taken away... You keep doing them, yep. but at some point somebody will, and then you go to your, your next plan. And that's to me that like, we've seen examples of it uh, here, bits and bits and pieces of that here and there. And I think the touchdown to Devontae is a good example of that because they ran. I this love concept. that play too. Yeah, well, because they ran this con again. They ran that same concept over and over and over again, and so often it's going to the flat. Hey, it's going to AJ Brown. It's going to Dallas Goddard. It's going to Zach Pascal. Over and over and over all season long. That's one of their staple concepts. And and by the way, depending on the reaction of the two defenders to the boundary side. It could well have gone there. Sure, yeah. It's just the reaction because Wilson had his eyes clearly in the backfield yep. and had no idea what Devontae Smith was doing. And and once he saw Goddard kind of cross his face and go to the flat, he figured, hey, there's I got a flat defender out there. Yep. You know, not my not my concern. And then he had no idea what else was happening because his eyes were in the backfield. But that's the point I was making with all these zone read elements and all these backfield actions. They grab defenders' eyes, and there's just that moment of hesitation or uncertainty as to what is the play. Yeah. So Wilson, who had to pick up Devante because of kind of the switch release element, yep. he had no idea where Devante was because yeah. his eyes weren't on Devonta Smith. I, I always reflect back <coughs> when I was working at Temple, and we would play uh, Army, we'd play Navy, right, we'd play those right, option right. teams, yeah. and you would say like, all right, well, look, this is a limited. There's only so many option runs that right, you're going to say. There's right, only right. so many plays that they're going to run here in this game, but. They dress things up so well, yeah. and they execute these runs so well. And the threat of the QB run is it going to be? Is it going to go to the dive? Is it going to go to the pitch? Is it going to be a keeper? Are they going to run some kind of action off this? Is it going to be a play action right. pass? Is it going to go be an end around? You 
have to factor all of that in. And the Eagles, so far, they've shown that, hey, this is our fastball. Well, now we are, we're going to throw we're going to throw the change up every once in right, a while. Right, and you have to right. be ready for it. Right. And and this style of offense. And obviously, the Eagles are not the first team to do all this backfield action. I remember when the Carolina Panthers with Cam Newton did it. Yeah. And we used to do a ton of pieces on the matchup show because it was kind of new. It was yep. a little bit new. And you could see how defenders were just caught. They didn't know how to react. And you can make big plays off of it as the Eagles are doing. Yeah. And right now, I mean, the Eagles, one of the best big play offenses in football, uh, third down, they're, they're executing at a high level on offense. Um, fourth down, obviously executing at a high level. A lot of the, a lot of the categories that, uh, you would deem to be very, very valuable. The Red Eagles zone. are doing a really good job. Red zone. Uh, they're capitalizing off turnovers. They're, they're just doing right. a really good job, uh, across the board. Real quick, just going to get your thoughts on, on Jalen as well. Um, and not just right. here in this game Sunday night, but over the course of these first six games, I think we've seen uh, a lot of really good, some areas where he can continue to grow. Uh, and look, he's going out and executing this offense and always well, putting this team in position to win. I think they're playing to what Jalen Hurts is, and yeah. I think that's always good coaching. Yep. You know, Look, Jalen Hurts is, has improved as a passer, but I think that even the coaching staff, if you gave them truth serum, would say that he's not one of the top two or three passers in the league, just in terms of purely the way he throws a football. So you play to what he is. Uh, and, and all the things we just spoke about help define things. You know, when he's comfortable and it's defined, he throws the ball very well. And that's what they've done a really, really good job of. I think it's been a really good marriage, a really good mix of coaching staff and quarterback. Yeah. And they've gotten Jalen to play at a high level. And, and they'll keep one thing in mind. He does not turn the ball over very much at all. Yep. And that is such a critical, critical piece. So you can live with the fact that he might not throw 35 touchdown passes or whatever. The, you know, he may not be among the league leaders. I think Josh Allen has 17 or maybe Mahomes has seven. You know, right. he, he's not going to be, what does he have, seven or something along, eight, maybe tops. I don't know the number off the top of my head. But he's not going to be there. But the point is, it's an offense that's so multiple with what they can do with him in the gun that they can create throws for him and he can be really efficient doing that. Yeah, and I think at the end of the day, um, when you're looking at, at the way that they're able to kind of execute the, the game, stay on schedule, as execute right. the game plan as called, that's where this offense is humming. And uh, that, you could say that about a lot of offenses. Right. Um, when you get off schedule, that's where they've found, a, a, they've struggled a little bit. I think when you look at right. even just like third down numbers, and that's something I look at uh, on, a, on a weekly basis is uh, what did the team do on third down? Third and short, third and medium. I think they said this in the broadcast last night, something like they're on third and short. They're like 17 for 19 they're or something like that. Yeah. Outstanding. And because because a, the Hurts run game element is a big factor right. there. Uh, but, and then when you get to like third and six plus, I think they're like 29th, 30th in the right, league. Right? right. So that, that's an area where you say, okay. When because we go that's into where the you bi- need a drop back pass game. Yep. That's where they need to. And that's, that's, where they, that's an area they have to improve. Yep. Now, no the other thing about the big plays is, and I'm sure I'm missing one or two here and there, but... I remember the Quez Watkins 56-yard touchdown against Minnesota when they beat the quarters, but they haven't had a, a lot of long pass big play touchdowns. Yes, right, De- vertical throws. Vertical yeah. throws. Right. And I think at some point you're going to need a little of that. And, you know, but again, this is the bye week is self scout week. Yep. That's what coaches do. That's what staffs do. And your conversations with coaches over the what does that process mean? What, what does that mean for, for our listeners that uh, maybe haven't heard in the past? What goes into self scouting? Uh, self scouting. You're basically looking at, at your team as opposed to an opponent. Yep. So you look at your team. You look at what you think you're doing well. You look at what you think you're not doing well. You look at how defenses are playing certain things because that this all gets around the league. Everybody has the same tape. Yep. They're, they're, 
there's no mystery here to what teams do. So now you try to get a feel, hey, we like this particular concept. Oh, this team is playing that concept this way, and you know what? It's it's taking it away from us. So we know that the next teams we play, they're going to do something similar because it's on tape. Yep. So you now try to figure out how you can get to the staple stuff you love and get to it a different way. So it presents a different look, even though it's the exact same concept. Yeah. You just try to get to things differently. But but self-scouting means you're taking a look inward. You're looking at yourself. What are we doing well? What can we improve upon? What are we beating teams with? And what are teams doing a good job with against us? Mm. On both sides of the ball, that's sure. what we're trying to do. So let's go over to the, the other side of the football and talk through this Eagles defense. And um, to me, when you look at what they did overall in this game, first half, Outstanding. I mean, look, three total turnovers in the yep. game. Uh, you did something that the defenses had been unable to do against this Dallas offense over the last few weeks, and that's uh, force turnovers, <coughs> right. make them uncomfortable, pressure the quarterback, uh, and stop the run for the most part. Now, they had a couple drives there in the third quarter that certainly uh, Right, they had the two, the two long touchdown drives yes. where they ran the ball very well. Yep. Uh, but outside of that, I mean, this defense uh, fared well against this Cowboys offense. Without question. And, yeah. and that didn't surprise me because I think Cooper Rush – we all kind we talked of, about it last week. Yeah, yeah, we know what he is. So yeah, that didn't surprise me. But I thought they did some really good things on defense. Yeah, you know, I thought the way they played some coverages, the Slay interception, I thought was just a, a brilliant coverage concept. Um, and you know, I what thought, did you see on that play? Well, what they basically did it was a three by one set. Yep. So C.D. Lamb was number three to trips, meaning he's closest to the formation. Yep, he's in the near slot. Yeah. Michael Gallup was number one to the boundary, the only boundary receiver, that what we call the boundary X. Yep. So basically what they did in a man concept where there were two safeties that were free, so the overview of it, you'd say it's two man because there's two free safeties, but they took one safety, Wallace, and what he did, and they were in dime on this play. They only played, I think, two snaps of dime. This this was a dime play. Yeah. And what they did with Wallace is they bracketed Lamb. Gardner Johnson was over him, and they bracketed him with, with, with Wallace. And that what they did, that allowed the other safety, Epps, to play over the top of Gallup. Literally shaded over he his side. He literally ran over the top. So what did that do for Slay? It allowed Slay to undercut or tailgate the route. He could let Gallup run by him yep. and undercut it because he had a, a safety help over the top. And therefore, when the dig ball was thrown by Cooper Rush, Slay had undercut the throw, and it was beautiful. To me, that was just beautiful coverage. Awesome. It, it was a, a great call on third down. Yep. It was something that we the, we hadn't really seen from this defense at all. They no. ran some of those double coverages yep. against Justin Jefferson, but not to not, uh, yeah. not, not even that look, right? It was a different kind of look uh, with what they did against Justin Jefferson. And then just mixing things up on third down was one of my big takeaways uh, in the first half. I mean, we saw the cover zero yep. pressure. We saw quarters. We saw the this uh, this double coverage that you were talking about. We saw the, the the zone coverage where they looked like they were manning on the outside and kind of like boxing zone yeah, on the inside. Yeah. Marcus Epps had that diving PBU along the sideline. <coughs> yes, like, yes. I, some of those coverages because I, yeah, I, I, we're not in the meetings. I we just don't write know. that off. I don't know what the rules are right. on that kind we of don't coverage. Know. But again, just kind of mixing it up. It yeah. was three or four different coverages yep. on the first three or four third downs. And yeah, if you're the Dallas offense, you're like, all right, well, I don't know what their identity right, is in this right. game. I thought uh, Bradbury had a good game too, by the way. Bradbury's been playing really, really yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you know, thought the he caused the first Gardner Johnson interception with his sure. ability to plant and drive and get yep. his hand on the ball. Yep. Um, 
you know, and, and then he made a really, was it Bradbury who made that play? The diving PBU on fourth down? Uh, um, was the one the, in the end zone. He made a play in the end zone. Yeah, third and 10. He was the he was quarters in the red zone. Yeah. Uh, and they I thought ran, that was great coordination between yeah. Bradbury and I forget who the underneath defender was, but Bradbury at that point could see that I, I don't need to play up. Yep. I can drop back. And, yep. I, and I thought he did a really good job. Yeah. He's he's playing at a high level. Yeah. And like, the corners uh, are playing great football. He, he and Slayer are playing really well. Maddox is playing really well. Epps is playing really well. Epps is playing well. And then uh, Gardner Johnson's yeah. been around the football. Yeah. Um, and is improving. Uh, it was a, a little bit, you know, you saw growing pains with him making that transition to safety right. those first couple of weeks, which was to be expected. And we talked about that. Um, but, you know, you see the confidence growing and the, the negative plays are fewer and further right. between now, uh, a few weeks into the yeah, season. He took some bad angles early, but, yep. you know, he'll, once he plays more on the back end, that'll come. Yeah, it was a great ball. And the second interception, that was a great play from the post, uh, tracking it and, fin and diving yeah. to the finish. It, it uh, was a, it, I mean, obviously, it was a bad throw. It's and a that's bad because, throw, but he still has to track right, that. And that's and because finish. Brandon Graham did a great job of... Yep. Uh, of pressuring rush, you get the, yeah. the, the you get the marriage of the uh, the defensive line yeah. with the uh, with the coverage there. Um, overall, from the defensive line, I mean the ball came out pretty quickly. It's and they were leaning more on the run game. Um, but just thoughts on, on the front seven because there was one guy actually in the front seven. I thought and he, this guy has gotten off to a good start this season <coughs> yeah. too. Uh, I'll tell you, Kaiser White. Yeah. He flashed this game big time. I thought he had a really really impressive linebacker. Night. White flashed both as a run defender and a pass coverage. Uh, yeah, I mean it's funny how you said that because I made that note. I thought he made a uh, an outstanding run game play. It was the fifth possession I made a note where he attacked the line of scrimmage to release the double team on oh, Williams, Williams yeah. and then physically beat right guard Martin to tackle Pollard for a one-yard loss. Big-time play. Yeah. yeah. He, you remember he, it? He had a really good yeah. night. Yeah, it was one of the plays we drew up. Yeah. Um, I gave it to Ben. And we, when we watched it, we said that this is a, a big-time that, play That's kind of textbook how you draw it up. Yeah. You release the double team, and you physically – be the guy who has to release. Right. Yeah. And there were, I mean, he uh, dismantled a tight end on the backside of one play. He did an outstanding job shooting a back and or shooting a shooting a gap and backside filling yep. uh, on another. Um, you, you talked about the PBU in the middle of the field on the second play of the game against CD Lamb, yep. uh, where he's matched up and pattern yeah. matched his own coverage. So uh, Kaiser White just showing up time and time I again. I agree. In this game. He's playing good ball. Yeah. Uh, TJ Edwards, I thought showed up a couple of times as well. Um, they're just they're just getting really good play on the back seven, and it's not even just oh yeah, it's year two of the ski which it is for Slay and Maddox and TJ and Epps and those guys, no question. But for just to have the amount of newcomers on the back seven that they that they have here this year with uh, working in Bradbury, who was a late addition in the summer, uh, Gardner Johnson getting here on the eve of the season, right. uh, getting those guys in and operating the way they are is, is very, very impressive. And, and for Kaiser White, it's his first year in the scheme. Yeah. Well, I'm sure there are similarities because he was in San Diego. Sure, but, but still, still yeah. yeah, working with all new players. I should say Los Angeles. Got yeah, it. right. I, I actually did that. Uh, yesterday I know. Too. Wow. Um, but it's, it's been a, a few uh, years too. Yeah. So. Well, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. We're, we're out of excuses yeah. at this point. Um, no, the, I think to, to me the uh, the defensive identity. I think it's really interesting, and we talk about this with like complementary football all the time. The defense working with the offense, and vice versa. I think when you have an offense where, uh, hey, we're going to throw early and we're going to run to go win the game. That's going to be, you know. They, Obviously, every game script changes, but right, in right. a perfect world, that's going to be well, the— Well, it also I depends on your opponent. You exactly. might feel— yeah, 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 things are going to change, but uh, you know, broad strokes, hey, right. we, want to be, we want to be able to create some big plays, and ex some explosive plays offensively, and then we're going to run to you know, be physical, out-physical you longer uh, to, uh, to go and win the game. And then defensively, also the same kind of deal. Hey, we're going to be really aggressive in the first half, and we're going to change things up and really kind of keep you guessing. And if our offense is able to build uh, a two, three-score lead— well, now we're just waiting. We know that you are going to feel the heat. You feel like you need to get explosive. We're not going to let you do that. Well, you're going to have to march the field if you're right. going to put well, points Well, and also, board. it's it's the old 
Colts philosophy. You know, obviously Jalen Hurts is not quite Peyton Manning, right. but you want to be ahead so you can sort of, you know, let the dogs run. Let you know, let, guys, the, pass let, rush, let yeah. the pass rush work. Right. You know, and that's, they have a pretty good pass rush and yeah. they have a lot of bodies. Yep. Uh, the big thing, I think, in this one, um, where things kind of got away from them a little bit, uh, the too often on third down, it was not third and seven, third and eight, third and nine right. uh, in the second half. It no. was every third down. It was like third and one, third and two. Correct. And for that's for that's for right. a multitude of reasons. Right. Um, but at the end of the day, like the, that that affected their overall output on third down um, was just the the ability to you know well, to stay behind the sticks for, uh, on that, on defense. those two scoring drives by the Cowboys. Yeah. They had 177 yards, which was 56 percent of their total offensive yards just on, on those drives. two drives. Yep. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Is it that, was 25 uh, plays, 25 yep. snaps. That sounds right, yeah. And uh, 177 yards. Yeah, and they did a good job. Hey, look, you know, they, we talked about that offense. It's highly schemed. They do a lot of different things to uh, to help Cooper Rush for certain. And then in that run game, uh, they were able to get working. So, yeah. you know, for a lot of different reasons, um, whether it's tackling, you know, getting off blocks, contained, you know, things of that nature. Um, you know, the Eagles just couldn't get off the field uh, as fast as they would have liked to in those scenarios. But at the end of the day, like this is a team that is doing more good than bad uh, on defense. Oh, without sure. question. Without and, and by the way, you're not going to pitch a shutout every you single can't. week. Right. Yeah. No. I mean, the other team will move the ball. Yep. But um, and that's when you play complimentary football. Then their offense comes out and has a, a 13 play, 75 yard drive that I think took seven minutes, yep. give or take, something that's like it. that. Yep. Yeah. And the, the big thing too is the points off turnovers. Right. And that's a, to me like the biggest difference in this defense from last year this year is that uh, this group this year is finding ways to create those negative plays and those big plays. Right, We're seeing right. more of the pressure that we saw last year. We talked about, hey, pressure's right. important. Sacks don't happen without pressure. Turnovers don't happen typically without pressure. Well, we're seeing that come to fruition this year. The turnovers are up. The sacks are up. They're leading the NFL, I'm pretty sure, in both categories uh, so far through week six. And then the offense is making teams pay for that as well. The points off turnovers Correct. is a big stat that's playing in their favor. So just kind of, again, going back to complimentary football. It's, it's I mean, hey, they're 6-0 and at the bye. It's a good team. It's, you know, that's right. I mean, look, they're the only 6-0 and team. They're a good team. Um, we'll see what happens after the bye. You know, I guess Pittsburgh is game one Pittsburgh after the bye. game one after the bye, yep. And who's, you know, who's next? Uh, the, the Houston Texans on Thursday Night Football. That's right, that. that's right. So uh, I've got I've got the next few. Those are the next two: is uh, Pittsburgh and Houston. Um, so yeah, it's will be plenty to talk about here, Greg. Um, it's 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 going to be. This is a good team, and it's a fun team to watch. It is. It yeah. is it's, it's a, a fun, fun team, team to, to watch. watch on both sides. Yeah. I, I look forward to every Monday yeah. morning watching both sides yeah. of the football because um, there's there's creativity, there's talent, uh, and this team plays with, with a, a lot of fire. It's they a, sure it's do. A fun, it's a fun group to watch. Yeah, I think defensively, you know, it's so interesting how in a, in a year's time and. Um, you know, how the defense has become a, seemingly a totally different group. Right. Yeah. I mean, you, know, you just, add, added a, a bunch of new names um, and obviously the comfort level, as we talked about. Right. It's just a, it's a, it's a fun group. It sure is. Yeah. Well, Greg, it'll be fun to uh, continue breaking this group down with you. Thanks so much once again for joining us on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. We will talk to you next week. Thanks, Grant. Well, great stuff there from Greg. Thanks to him, and thank you to all of you out there for your continued support of this show and all the rest of our podcasts here with Eagles Entertainment. That being said, I think that'll do it. Another show in the books here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. For everybody here at the Novacare Complex, I am Fran Duffy. We will talk to you later this week.